Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ripping off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Hey everybody, welcome back to week four of the Daily Blitz podcast. I'm your host, Matt Williams, M-E-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S on Twitter. And we'll be going through, again, the week four slate for the NFL DraftKings 1 and 4 p.m. games. We'll be going through betting, DFS, start set, whatever have you for all the main slated games. Joining me on the show, as always, Mr. John Legaza, Mr. MLB Moving Averages, NFL Moving Averages on Twitter. What's up, John? Matt, what's going on, man? Happy Friday. I am really Really, not only enjoying doing the show, but I'm loving the content. I actually went back and listened back last week. And, man, no exaggeration, I've really been doing well this season. Making money on bets, making money at DraftKings as well. So, man, let's keep it going. I'm loving this dynamic going on, mixing the betting with DFS to kind of do the whole overview. Let's get it, man. All right. So, uh, again, we'll be going through game by game. If, if you want to follow along, we're just going to be going kind of going through uh, the, the order that uh, DraftKings has them on their main slate. And uh, John will be tipping us off with, uh, the, you know, the the over under the, uh, the the point total, uh, just the, the over game of the overview of the games in general. I'm going to hit up the DFS side and then John's going to hit us up with his final thoughts before we move on. So starting at the very top, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Miami Dolphins. John, take it away. All right, loving this one right off the bat because of the price. Indianapolis is actually an underdog on the road getting two points right off the bat. I am not digging this Miami team. You know, they they work really slow, and we thought we were going to get a lot out of the defense. However, the defense is allowing 27 points a game, over 400 yards a game, more than three minutes time of possession per drive. They have a negative rush deal VOA as well, allowing 136 yards per game. Not anything we thought we'd get from them. And the Dolphins not getting any stacks, only four on the season, 2.9% adjusted sack rate. None of those are any good. Indianapolis is kind of carrying a bad team narrative because I think it's the Wentz injury tag that's going along. And they had a bit of a usage issue with Taylor. I think all of that gets rectified this weekend. I think I like the Colts to win outright. I'm not expecting a ton of offense in general. Neither is Vegas. That total set at 42. So people, that's a good place to look just for your general overview. So I'm not looking for high, high octane offense, but that doesn't mean that you can't get production. I think the player I'd be looking at is probably Jonathan Taylor, I think he's all right to go, but you got to keep an eye on that injury tag. If he's out, I'm off of it altogether. But at 6,300, you could be getting a full workload, people. You got to remember that. That game at Tennessee towards the end didn't really script itself for Taylor, but this would probably be the only place I'm looking. Maybe, Matt, maybe I'd be looking over at Michael Pittman as well. He's kind of dominated the share back there, leading in air yards 302. Next is Pascal at 139. So he's got a pretty dominant hold on the workload there and the A dot in the double digits that we like. So for me, it's Taylor and Pittman. And other than that, and I think I'm leaving it alone. I'm not buying the Jacoby Brissett. What do you feel about this one? Are there people hyping Jacoby Brissett? Well, there, you know, the ball movement has actually been there. You know, they're moving at fast pace of play, something people are looking at. The Dolphins offense running at minus 
below, I should say, 27 seconds per play, though the drives haven't really been sustained. They're throwing it a ton. And I know he peppered Gusecki, so I heard a little bit about that, but no, I'm yeah. off the offense. I mean, Gusecki saw a definite increase in his overall workload. Uh, he had 21 total snaps in week one. He had 55 in week three. But again, this is a dink and dunk offense where I think even if you have a lot of opportunity, I don't know if it's going to end up in the end zone. So uh, yeah, pretty much anyone in the Miami passing attack I'm out on. Um, Jalen Waddle is is interesting. And he obviously at 4,900, if you look at his workload and his 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 uh, target share, that seems like maybe a good deal. But again, I think this will be low scoring. And I don't think he finds the end zone. I don't know if he gets the volume necessary um, to make up for the, you know, the fact that he may not find it there. Again, 4,900 is interesting enough for GPP. But again, I'd stay away from there. Pretty much stay away from all of Miami, even though Miles Gaskin has been actually pretty efficient this season. Um, he got vultured by Malcolm Brown last week, which is nothing you want to see. And again, I don't know how much Miami finds the end zone in this one. Uh, on the other side, Carson Wentz is always a no-go I agree with you on Michael Pittman. He's the obvious alpha here. I, I like the Colts to just win this game. So I think Pittman may be a big reason why I think he could find the end zone at 5,400. I don't know if I'll go there. Um, it's low enough, but I think he's a, he's a decent option, but I think Jonathan Taylor um, at 6,300, that's a bit low because, you know, for good reason, we've seen his usage fluctuate after week or very promising week one where he had like six catches Um He's only had like a couple over the last couple of games. It's been pretty much Naheem Hines show who actually vultured a rushing touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. Nothing you want to see. So this isn't maybe a cash game thing you want to go with, but I expect the Colts to be ahead. I expect uh, Taylor to be putting it on the ground, assuming he's healthy. You got to keep an eye on that. But for 6,300, even in GPP, I think his ownership will be low enough because people are afraid. Uh, so I, I expect there to, you know, this is like the Joe Mixon narrative. It's like, well, I expect there to be work, but uh, you know, it hasn't, hasn't really shown up yet, but it will eventually. So yeah, I think Taylor is the only one I'm truly interested in this game. And you know, it's, that's more of a portfolio thing than a cash thing. Yeah. Agree. Great job. Again, I've, I did forget. I have some, I have some Gusecki. I want to just be, I do want to be clear because of the targets again, tight end is kind of a mess. Uh, yeah. You mentioned my favorite bet on the board there. It's Indianapolis to win outright. Plus 115 again, people. The only time I'll mention this during the show, do the math if you're going to bet. The Colts are getting two points at minus 110 or plus 115 for the win. Now, you know what? Actually, I, I'm doing the math in real time here. At, at 25 bucks for two points, that's 1250 a point. That's actually an acceptable one. So I would take the Colts with the two points at minus 110, but I actually am with Matt. I think they win outright. All right, let's go to the next one. The Houston Texans are heading to Buffalo where they're circled. They sure did circle those wagons last week. Houston is being expected to just be completely blown out. They're getting 17 points on the road. I'm not a big trend follower for betting, Matt. You know, uh, this many road covers, this many home covers. That's not my style. I believe they're independent events. But I cannot remember a team getting 17 so early in the season, we saw Buffalo get up off the mat. Last week, we were all over that one. I had Allen as a huge hit. He was tremendous again. I got paid last week. So if Buffalo is going to hit their stride, and it's on both sides of the ball, that Buffalo defense has been awesome. Top three, Matt, almost across the board. Points per game, yards per game, yards per play at 15, 253, and 4.3. Top three in offensive yards per drive allowed. Defensive success rate. 
rush DVOA and pass DVOA, both at negative 35 or better. The Buffalo D is awesome. The Houston offense is not. So this one is a really tough one for me, especially if we're looking at Buffalo pass catchers. I know a lot of people looking to buy low on Stefan Diggs. I absolutely understand it. He is an ace, man. He is awesome out there. My worry, Matt, is the script. So my question for you here, because I think it's pretty obvious, Buffalo for the win. I don't touch the points or these kind of money lines. I think Allen is safe regardless. My question for you, Matt, is if you think the pass catchers are safe because in order to cover the 17 points, they have to do work. Or if you find in situations like this, the game script kind of disallows for that, right? If Buffalo gets up by three touchdowns, you may see them pull back on throwing, although they are a fast-paced offense that does like to air it out. I think this is a game where you could get your money's worth out of the Buffalo offense in the first half. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stefan Diggs is my number one wide receiver for the entire week above, okay. above Adams, <laughs> above uh, everyone. Um, so yeah, I love Stefan Diggs here. I think you stack him up with Allen. You're in good shape. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders obviously found the end zone last week, which again, if you listen to the show, you, you took advantage of that, but I think it's uh, it, it's digs it's digs week. As far as I'm concerned, he has beautiful matchup um, against Houston. And I think, um, corner for corner i think he has the most uh the biggest advantage of the weekend as far as talent 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 versus talent so yeah Stefan Diggs, absolutely um i can see moss as an option in your mind but at 5300 i don't know i mean I, it's not even low enough for me <laughs> i don't i think there's a good chance that singletary gets phased out i think there's a good chance because moss has looked so much better when he's on the field and i think the you know you have to be blind not to see that but i still think it's a timeshare of sorts with Allen still running the ball so uh, with him being completely touchdown dependent um even though we could see a game script that that sees him rack up some more yards than usual uh it's it's, it's something i'm probably not going to go with it's just not cheap enough for me um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, you know Beasley is always always a target monster. Emmanuel Sanders still getting disrespected at forty nine hundred. Any of them could be in your lineup. Um, so if you want to go with any of them, I I believe that's fine. But again, I, I think I'd like to pay up for Diggs uh, the Diggs Allen stack. But again, you can go with Allen and um, and Sanders and Beasley. Except that the thing you want here is uh, the game script could hurt a guy like BZ if he doesn't find the end zone because he needs volume, you know, right. PPR points. That's how he's going to score. So if it goes south in the second half, as far as the game script, I want to stay away from guys like that. Diggs, uh, you can get those home run plays. Like I said, one half will get you there. So I think that's why uh, Diggs is the right. guy I would go to in this game. Uh, Houston. Uh, I mean, Brandon, I think, you know, my one question is if you're looking for the big Buffalo output, yeah. A lot of people like to run it back. There's only one piece you'd be looking at. So the obvious question is, Matt, is Cooks a viable play or is the Buffalo defense just too much? I mean, they the, the Buffalo has the ability to take your best wide receiver out and they, they only have one wide receiver. I mean, his target share under the new quarterback Mills is like, I don't know, what, 60%? Um, it's not really, but it's it's seriously, it's it's insane. So yes, I think that, uh, you know, in season long, you start him regardless, but I think even though he did well last week, uh, the defensive attention is going to become a little much because Mills is staring him down so much. I would, I would say that uh, uh, I like him as maybe a wide receiver three at best rest of season because of it. Uh, you know, unless you see another, you know, unless you see an upgrade at quarterback, I think Mills will drag him down uh, and defenses will will put their bright lights on him. So for 6,400 on Brandon Cooks, I'm completely out, even though right. even though they'll be forced to throw. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I basically I'm just on the Buffalo side. I mean, even at 3600, I like Dawson Knox. Uh, again, it seems like almost chalky the way he's performed the last couple of weeks. But hey, uh, Josh Allen has an eye for him, and you know, for a $3,600 tight end, I don't mind him in this one to maybe reach the end zone. Uh, I'll pro- there's other options. I'd much rather have a tight end, but you can't fault there. I mean, honestly, I think the best guy in Houston I like the entire game is probably Aikens at 2,900. Wow. Hey, listen, those, uh, you know, that's a perfect time to drop my little note on, you know, trying to pace a large scale tournament. And man, I can't even, I'm having, oh, there he is. Aikens at 2,900 people, a good, very simple back of the napkin math to try and win GPPs, multiply the thousand of salary by the number four, right? Because if you have 50,000 salary and you need 200 points, really is what you need as a benchmark to compete. You need, right, four times the thousand, yeah, 15 yeah. times four to get for, to for everyone who's wondering, like, why are we recommending this guy? Brandon, like we said, Brandon Cooks, we think well, is 3,000 get- times four is only 12. I think he can yeah. get you. I, I mean, if he could take the touchdown. No, I, I, I'm just trying to like break this down very easily for everyone. It's just Brandon Cooks. If we think he's going to be taken out of this game, that leaves you with Andrew Miller or with Anthony Miller and pretty much nothing. Uh, for a quarterback like Mills, who's probably going to want to throw to an outlet quite a bit, I think Aikens is a guy he's going to probably target constantly. If he finds the end zone once, you're like gravy. But in PPR, I think he could see enough targets in this one where they're probably going to be coming from behind pretty early. Um, so, yeah, he can make up that difference. He can turn into a non uh, – he can return value literally in one um, – one, what do you call it? <laughs> one drive. Yeah, so yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. Yeah. So that one betting people leave this one, leave that one alone. You don't want to touch it. Yeah. Those, those kind of odds are insane. I've yet to met the person that's ever laid, you know, minus 1540 to win a hundred dollars. Again, you just kind of leave that one alone. All right. Up next. Yeah, Matt, I agree with you on that one. I think cooks as much as I like Brandon cooks, I, I would let him go this week. There are going to be weeks where he gets shut down. I think this is a perfect candidate. Next up the Detroit Lions going to Chicago, Another one I was a little surprised when I saw this board map. The Lions are underdogs, which I guess when you see the record, right, is at 0-3, maybe not too much of a surprise. But, man, they almost came back against the Niners. They gave Green Bay a run for their money in the first half, at least. And then had Baltimore in total sweats. Other side, Chicago, it's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, the Justin Fields experiment right now, doesn't seem to mesh with the offensive play calling. It's really bad. We don't even know if he's going to start. So right now, I can't believe Chicago is favored over anybody, including like the Jets. So I actually think Detroit wins this one outright, Matt. So let's get into where I think some production might be. Man, it's 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 a little hairy, right? The Bears' offense we know is bad. The Detroit defense we know is bad. They're one of the worst at adjusted line yards. That's my favorite offensive line stat. That's over five. They have a positive rush DVOA, which is bad. But is Chicago going to be able to run the ball? So I think there's a question mark possibly for Singletary. So I'd like you to keep him on the front of your mind. Besides that, the Bears defense has really just been middling. They're a little tougher on the pass than they are on the ground. And I think Detroit has shown a new love for DeAndre Swift. He has really just emerged as really being a beast. So I have him chalked up for sure because in a a division game, that's, you know, within three points on the board. I expect it to be close, so I expect some running. I like Swift at 6,200. I also had Hawkinson circled again, Matt, so I wanted you to address what you think about the Bears' potential to run and then what you think about Hawkinson, who he kind of disappeared last week. Now, that doesn't erase his role in the offense. He had eight catches in each of the first two games and then only two for 10 
last week in a game that I thought they were going to need him. So Bears running, if you like Swift. And then Hawkinson, can we go back to Hawkinson for a bounce back? Or, man, I'm a little, I'm a little like, gun-shy in him. So go ahead. Um, I, I think last week we just saw a little bit uh, – the, the game script just didn't favor him in, in uh, the game versus Baltimore. But I think it could happen again versus Chicago because I actually think Detroit wins this one outright as well. I think this is a game where he could be used to block quite a bit. And I think that at his price, 5,800, I think a lot of people will be off of him. So I think he's a safe enough options for GPP because we know what the ceiling is. And um, I, you could certainly see this game being close and them needing to throw the ball. So I, you know, and, and there's, there's only two options to throw the ball to on this team. And it's neither, none of them are wide receivers. It's Swift and Hawkinson. So for 5,800, I can see it. I'm not not in love with it. I think Swift at 6,200, if he's ready to go, there's, he'll be very, very highly owned. There's been so much hype on him this year. uh, This week, it's, it's everyone putting out the, Hey, by the way, he's the third best running back in fantasy right now. And why didn't we see this coming? And, you know, a lot of it had to do with his groin and everyone's taking victory laps. Um, but against a bears defense, who has said, as you said, had been middling, uh, they pretty much got owned by Kareem hunt in the similar role that Deandre Swift has. Um, and we know that uh, Jared Goff's going to want to check down like crazy to Swift. So at 6,200, even a higher ownership, that's a low enough price. I think you want to have a piece of that. Uh, I think Jamal Williams, uh, could be, could be fine in this one. I think at 5,300, that's a little expensive for me. So I'm off of there. So yeah, I don't want anything on the bear side necessarily. I think, uh, David Montgomery at 5,800 is slightly, um, is slightly sneaky because I think, right? Yeah. I think that, um, he, the, the bears offense in general just looked so brutal last week. It had nothing to do with Montgomery and more mostly to do with the game plan. I'm assuming they're going to come out with a slightly different plan this week. So we know he has the talent. So 50, uh, 5,800 versus Detroit, uh, certainly a, a completely viable play. And I, I would be fine with, again, not one of my, not one of my, you know, tip top favorites, but uh, you know, if I was putting out a, a portfolio lineups, he'd definitely be in there. I think the running backs are pretty much the, the guys to go to in this game. Yeah, I'm with you on lockstep. Cool. I, I love when we have, I'm not say consensus, but, you know, we don't talk about this stuff beforehand. So to have the analysis kind of overlap is always something that I like. So, yeah, I'm looking at the running backs in this division game. I, my, my, I think my heart likes Singletary more than my brain does, and that's been the piece I'm trying to kind of rectify. You nailed it. I think, I think the price is right. 5,800 for Montgomery, who at the very least has a chance – dominate snaps here. My problem is, of course, fields. I think, man, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think if they were to go Dalton or Foles, I think that might change how I feel. Matt, very last thing. If the... Know, who you, who you get, I'm sorry, just uh, you keep bringing up Singletary. What do you What do you mean? What do you... I'm sorry, Montgomery. I Singletary, Montgomery. I'm confused. I'm confusing bad running back. Sorry. Montgomery, not Singletary, Montgomery, who we know can get a lion's share. He had 20 carries in week two versus Cincinnati. So there's that same thing I kind of said about Hawk, where we know there is a players that have at least a potential to be real workload guys. So I'm sorry, that that's my question is for the bears. If they go a different route at quarterback, does that change your opinion of the Lions winning? And then does that change your opinion of starting Montgomery for the bears? Cause I think I tend to like those bear pieces better with Dalton than fields right now. I think with fields um, Montgomery could still be fine. 
I think that they'll look to, to run the ball quite a bit and have them check down quite a bit. So I, I don't, that doesn't make me, that doesn't worry me too much. I mean, okay. one thing, if, if they were to go with, um, even if they went with fields, honestly, I think at a GPP, see, this is, this is, this is a gut call. This is uh, my analysis tells me against this, but a 5,800, um, I think that Allen Robinson is someone that I would consider, um, it, you know, I'll, I'll pay attention to what they do at the at quarterback for Chicago, but everyone's off Allen Robinson, everyone for good reason. Uh, yeah. But at 5,800 for the kind of target share he's still seeing and the kind of talent he does have, um, you, you know, that's, that's a fairly easy thing for him to overcome, even if he has a half decent game. So he's someone where if, you know, if you were, you know, you know, if you're going Millie maker and you really want to try to separate yourself instead of splitting the pot with 20 people, um, Allen Robinson versus Detroit at, in a home game, I don't think you're going to be getting him at 1500 too much. If he's going to end at the end of the season, everyone's going to be like, Hey, Allen Robinson had a good year. Uh, I would assume that this is going to be a game where he maybe turns it around. So it's not the worst gamble in the world for a guy who's middling and just a terrible situation. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I mean, again, Matt, you and I, we try and cover so much different stuff that I think, you know, you got to apply some nuance. I generally am a single entry or a smaller entry guys. And that's where I have Singletary right on the outside of that. But yeah, if I'm at like 10 lineups or 12 lineups, I you mean Montgomery can. again. What's that? Did I do it again? You keep seeing Singletary. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm never. I'm never mentioned. I don't know why. Hey, no, nobody. Nobody I, rostered Devin Singletary. I by the despise way. the Buffalo run game, but I was drafting a ton of Singletary in my best balls, and I wonder if, I wonder if that's where that's coming from. Which is weird. I really like. I really like Montgomery. Also, I can't believe I'm confusing all the Montgomery people out there. Are, are like yelling at me? I'm getting well. If there's any of them out there, start. Maybe, maybe that's your sign. Maybe that's your sign. I I, I have the brain fart. Okay, let's let's move it on. I'm getting a, just get away from those guys altogether. No, I still think Detroit wins, even if even if the quarterback is changed for Chicago. But that would get me into the Singletary role a bit more because I think a conventional, the more conventional offense would lend itself to that. All right, let's go next. We got my Jets. They stink, stink, stink. Hosting the Titans, who are just like the Walking Dead right now, Matt. They are hobbled and bad. AJ Brown with the hamstring was still sidelined at practice. Julio Jones was not present yesterday for practice. I I actually did some digging. I was talking to Chris Meany. We did some digging on it. The report sounded like he was just sore, and they were making it sound like it had to do with uh, let's call it a lack of routine work, having skipped a lot of the preseason. So to me, that sounded like you know, explainable. That sounded fine to me. And I thought I thought it was going to be all systems go. I was hoping to at least see a limited practice. So I'm a little worried about Julio Jones. Now we dive into the game, Tennessee on the road, favored by six and a half against the jets. I, I still think that's a misprice. I think the public overreacts that to skill position pieces. I think the Titans roll the jets. Again, I haven't mentioned my claim to fame yet. I've watched every snap of every game that's still continuing. The Jets are really bad. Uh, it's it's bad. The offense is probably the worst offense in the league. They're last in points per game at 6.7. Bottom three in yards per game at 250, only four yards per play. 
24 yards per drive, negative pass DVOA of minus 47. That's worst in the league. They've allowed 10 sacks and a 13% adjusted sack rate. Those are worst in the league, only 170 pass yards per game. And the Tennessee defense has actually been pretty good. They're one of the league leaders in time of possession per drive and rush yards per game, completions per game, and the adjusted sack rate at 8% is not bad. This one really feels like a mismatch. And did I have to mention King Derek, you know, doing the thing. He was my number one player on the board last week. And Matt, we hit on that one as well. So I don't think Henry, even though he's the most expensive skill position player at 88, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. I still don't think that's caught up to his value now that he's catching balls in space. They're not like giveaway screens. Those are design screens. Again, I'm watching the game and Tennessee's hurt. I just think Henry is an obvious, obvious, obvious smash play for every format. Give me the Titans. Give me Derrick Henry. I guess you could go to Westbrook, Westbrook Akinye because someone's got to catch the passes. But I don't want to touch anything in green and white this weekend, Matt. Give me the text. Give me the Titans. They're going to cover easily and give me Derrick Henry for a buck fifty-five and two. I got Derrick Henry for twenty-five rushes for four hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway uh yeah that delivery was so good i was like dude i almost had like i was reaching for my pencil because i was like oh i love your projections you know that i don't because i don't i don't ask you for them so when you give them to me i just can apply them to my own work i was like oh let me get this down for uh so yeah he's gonna roll he's gonna roll the jets it doesn't matter they can have 15 in the box it won't matter uh, the, the second highest price running back in this game is the backup. Well, I shouldn't say the backup, the third down guy, uh, Jeremy Nichols. He's 4,800. Uh, don't go there. This isn't like a thing where he's going to get all the work. If there's somehow like, you know, blow a blowout, um, he's not going to return value, even though he's, uh, he, he, he's fine. He, I think he returned like eight or nine fantasy points last week. Uh, he's n- nowhere to go. Nothing on the Jets side uh, as far as the running game. Now, as far as the passing game on each side, I, I like Corey Davis at 5,000. I expect them to be down. Uh, Zach Wilson can't be this bad every week. And Tennessee does stink. I think Elijah Moore is a bad play at 3,900. He just, yeah. I don't know what it is. Wilson just, he doesn't have the touch to get those. Pa- I mean, if you just seen some of the ones where Elijah Moore just like looks so disappointed because he's wide open or he hits his, he hits his route perfectly just to see the ball, like thrown like three feet past him on the ground. And he just looks defeated out there. So I think that, um, I think Elijah Moore is someone you pass on, um, Braxton Berrios at 3,700. He's been getting peppered with targets, not as much last year. I think if uh, Jamison Crowder is still out um, at 3,700, I could see him um, easily just getting enough uh, targets and catches to maybe make him a viable play in GPP if you're looking to save money. But again, Corey Davis at 5,000, um, I think is, is a decent enough play because they don't really have anything in Tennessee or the pass rush, even if they're ahead to be able to, um, to completely shut down the jets. Not that there's anything to shut down, but they're going to be going downfield. I think Corey Davis could make it worth your wild. Uh, but yeah, on the, um, on the Tennessee side, if Julio and AJ are out, you said uh, Westbrook, Akinye, I think at 3,200, he's fine. He got the touchdown in the targets last week, the first couple of weeks, it was Chester Rogers. So for a hundred dollars more, you could look his way too. But again, that's just a, uh, that's just a way to fill out your lineup with a, uh, you know, more like inexpensive options. But uh, to be honest, um, if, if Crowder's out, I, I would rather spend the extra couple of hundred and, and go with a guy like Barrios, who I think there's a proven track record of getting tons of targets. Um, he, he can, he can get you there even without finding the end zone. Uh, but yeah, overall that's kind of, 
that's kind of it. This is the Derrick Henry game. And if you want to get cute, there's a couple of cheap wide receivers you can take a look at. Yeah, I think one more thing to add. Again, I, you know, not to keep beating this thing that I'm watching the games, but Matt, I really would say uh, different from baseball where there's so much of a sample that you can kind of spreadsheet analysis. Mm-hmm. Football, I just want to see it, man. There's so much context. And my main note from last week's game, Tennessee versus Indianapolis, and we know the Colts have a very good offensive line. Tennessee, man, the the I wrote like my note was the star of that game was the play caller for the Tennessee defense. The blitz package was excellent. And they had Wentz off his spot the entire game. If the Titans do something similar against the Jets, the Jets are getting shut out again. It's just what it is, people. I'm sorry. It's I mean, not Zach Wilson has not been good. Okay. He's not been good. But it's worse than that. It's the line play has been terrible. There's just no blocking. I don't think you need to convince anyone of what you're saying. Oh, it's so <laughs> hey, like I said, bad. I like Braxton Barrios for a specific reason. Yeah. I expect I expect Wilson to get afraid and dump the ball. And Barrios is the guy who's hanging around. That's why he has so many targets. Yeah, he's because, the quick looks, right? Yeah, he's he's the quick look. He's he's nearby. Um, he, you know, he's he's what James Crowder was last year to Darnold. He'll have 10 catches for 11 yards. But hey, uh, if you're only spending like if you're only spending like 30 500 and you end up with 10 catches who cares how many yards there are yeah so this one people avoid the jets i'm still i'm really surprised the line is where it is i cannot believe it's not on the other side of seven so i'm definitely betting that this weekend all right let's move it up we got the chiefs what if a surprise start for them and i my first question is i i some of the analysis for the chiefs is kind of funny it's they have to win because they can't go one and three well i got news for you anybody can win or lose on any given day that's not strong enough for me let's get into a bit more of the specifics it's chiefs going to philly to face the dirty birds chiefs by 40 yeah i'm surprised this one was a bit surprised also the line is stuck at seven um Listen, there's not much to say about the Chiefs. What do we know about the Chiefs? They're very good. They even showed you a bit of the run game last week. And I think if they're going to be getting um, the fresh pants of Hilaire, the 17 carries he had, I always like to see north of 15, generally 16 or 17 is where I'm talking about a full load. If that's going to be Hilaire, he's going to be interesting. Philly Rushdy has not been good. 134 yards per game, 35 rush attempts against. Those are both near the bottom. The pasty for the Eagles has been very good, though, across the board. Only 182 yards per game, eight and a half yards per completion, minus 14% pass DVOA for the Philadelphia Eagles. Very good. Of course, the Chiefs pass offense, the strong point there. So it's going to be strength on strength. So I think my question here for you, Matt, again, the flip side, Chiefs rush D, very poor. I mean, one of the worst in the league, 31% rush DVOA. That's near the bottom. 5.19 adjusted line yards near the bottom. 160 yards per game. 5.4 rushing yards per attempt by running backs. 2.7 rush TDs per game. Those are all really poor and a pretty, you know, it's probably part of the reason that they've lost two games so far. So I kind of set the table for you here. So strength versus strength. Chiefs pass O versus Philly Pass D, do you think we can feel confident in the Chiefs' pass offense? And do you think they'll try and run the ball again against that Philadelphia run D? And then last thing is, is Miles Sanders and the Eagles going to be a thing against the Chiefs D? Again, the Chiefs' run D has been poor, but also, Matt, something you and I speak about, one of the best ways to get 
get, you know, to get at the Chiefs is just to keep Mahomes off the field. I have generally been off of Miles Sanders. He's not even someone I really look at. Do you think this week's the exception? He had two carries last week. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I wasn't even joking. Chiefs by 40. I'm um, not really by 40, but I mean, I don't know, over 20. You have a route. You have a route. You have a route. I mean, they're one and two. They are going for the throat this week against Philly, who I don't think, I think that their uh, past defense has a lot more to do with who they've faced so far. Um, you know, they've had some ugly games some division games that tend to be closer than they should be. I think that uh, they the Eagles don't have an answer for Tyreek Hill who does. I don't think they really have an answer for Travis Kelsey who yeah. does. So yeah, I think stacking Mahomes with both of them is perfectly fine. I think Hilaire who, broke the 100 yard mark last week. Um, he, he did actually find the end zone, end zone as a receiver at 5,400. I think he's a beautiful play versus the Eagles who, you know, again, I, in, I think in the second half, it'll probably be entirely him. I think that uh, he will be a, a fine play as well. I don't like anything on the Eagles side, really. Um, definitely not the run game. I think that they're going to have to throw like crazy. Uh, Devontae Smith at 5,700 is definitely the guy I would look at. Not Rieger, who's just a little too inconsistent for me. $1,000 less is enough of a discount for me to take the haircut from Devonta Smith. I think I'd just rather roll there. Um, again, the, the Chiefs, if they want to take out your number one guy, it, 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 they can. Uh, at times, they there's their corners haven't been terrible. Um, so maybe, you know, again, Rieger's not out of the realm of possibility, but I do think that they will have to pass to stay in this game. I think the Kansas City defense might actually score a few points um, if Jalen Hurts is going to uh, make some mistakes. So I think in a sneaky um, stack, you can you can go with Hurts. Um, you can go with maybe Smurts, uh, for Hurts, Smith, and Rieger because I think they're going to have to be coming from behind often, except I don't know. I don't know if they're even going to be hanging in this game much. I don't believe in the Eagles offense. I just, I think this is a complete destruction. I wouldn't start a single Eagle. Um, I've just given you the options of why and how it would work. I think you stack up the, the, the studs here. Uh, maybe people are off them a bit because of just, you know, the one and two thing, you know, maybe people are on the bills. Um, maybe people are, you know, stacking against certain other teams. Um, you know, and you get a slight discount this week, like you never would, but stack up the chiefs. This is going to be a beating. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I hard to argue that one. The only thing I, th I think maybe I like Devonta Smith. More than you, I'm digging a lot of the input stats from him. So, again, just the more I expose myself, Matt, to people that really play at extremely high levels, they do love the run back. And it makes sense. If the Chiefs are going to roll, the Eagles are going to be throwing. So I, I like Devonta Smith leading the team in air yards at 301. He's leading in target percentage at 23.3%. You know, those are all pretty strong numbers. The actual production has not been there. But that's what I'm kind of hoping on is the output. One last thing for you. You only mentioned it briefly. Is, is Hertz an every week guy? Because he either shows he can, is going to play well and they'll and they'll do well subsequently, or they get rolled and he's just kind of does it all, right? We've seen it. Last week, what started off terribly for him at Dallas ended up being a pretty, you know, serviceable fantasy game. 326, 2 and 2, 9 for 35 on the ground. So is is Hurts because of the running floor? Is he just an every week go bet? Yeah, because I, think I kind so. of find myself looking at DFS pricing and saying, man, sixty nine hundred. He's right around a lot of other top options, but they don't necessarily provide that floor. 
No, when I said I'm trying to talk, I mean, I'm joking how much I think this is going to be a beating, but I mean, I mean, I think it will be. But, uh, you know, the, the the narrative I said with stacking up Hertz, Smith and Rieger, I don't think it's terrible because um, the Chiefs haven't been the, the tough pass defense like they've been in the past. Yeah. They gave up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They're dead last in total DO, DVOA. Um, Hertz sucked last week. He was still top 10 quarterback yeah, because definitely. of garbage time and rushing ability. There's no reason to think he can't do that again this week. So um, I think that I don't think the Eagles will get maybe enough points to support a full stack. Um, I think you can just go with Devonta and Hertz if you wanted to go that direction, because I think if they're going to come back, it's going to be on the back of Devonta Smith. So I think I, I am with you where I think Smith is, is completely talented. It's just, I don't know if I believe in the Eagles play calling and everything to maybe get it done, but uh, this, what's the, uh, what's the, to- what's the point total on this game? Now he, that's funny. That's what I was going to close at. So the chiefs are favored by seven on the nose, which sounds fine. The one thing we didn't mention is the Andy Reid narrative. And again, I've heard some very smart people. Oh, man, I hate to get into these kind of subjective things, but, it, you know, it is true that Reid going back to Philly might not be looking to, to throttle them late. Like he may not say take his foot off the gas, but kind of take his foot off the gas, you know, where I, I think the opposite. You think he'll go look to throttle them? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, remember me? <laughs> Kicking in the door like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. he's always the nice guy, right? Lovable, snuggle bear, Andy Reid. I, yeah, I well, I, I think the one and two Chiefs aren't going to be taking their foot off the gas. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that, that's, now, that's a narrative that, though we can't prove it, I have a much easier time getting behind. So, so you so you think it's a pretty easy cover at seven. Yes. I mean, yeah, sometimes people, I think, Matt, one last thing on, on betting, people obsess about these, these point totals. When in reality, you got it. I like to think of it in more generalized terms. Well, no, I He's just, been, I see the Chiefs getting up big. And I think that the Philly maybe has an opportunity to, um, like, I don't know, let's just say at the halftime, they're up 34 to three. I can see the, I can see the Eagles making like a late surge uh, and end up with over 20 on the board. I mean, like, I guess I want to see what the point total was because I could see the Eagles going, pushing this over the point total just because of, um, like, Literally, like in defensive indifference, you know. Right, right. Yeah, listen, that's also part of it too. Is what people worry about with backdoor covers, which I get. But it's just at the end of the day, people obsess over that number when, you know, twenty-eight, seventeen, thirty-one, twenty. No, but are you gonna say what is what is the point total? Uh, 54 and a half. It's near the top. So (laughs) you know what Vegas do sneaky bastards. That's such a good number. It always is by the way, with Vegas, they know what, that's why they know what they're doing. Well, they're right. They're trying to lure people. Well, again, this 54 speaks to us. So if the chiefs are a 30 point team, no, 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 but think about it. Think about it. I said they were up 34 to three at the half and I could see the Eagles pushing over 20, which would put it right at 54. Yeah. Well, I, I like to go, I like to break it down like that, right? Take your favorite. So the Chiefs are favored for 30. Do you have the Eagles at 24 and a half? And that's where I think I'm at a no. So I'm probably under the 54 just because so many things have to happen for it. Like so many things have to happen for it. And again, if the Chiefs do have a large lead, you may see them. Um, yeah, you know what? That's why, that's why people get trapped in, uh, like you said, these point totals. Oh, you could easily see this going over the, uh, the 54 um, in your mind, but, the fact of the matter is there's so many 
easier routes for it to fall below. It's yeah, well, you need that, things to happen to go over, need, and so many things can happen to make it go under. Right. You need 3124 to clear the bar. That's a lot. It's just a lot. 3124 is a lot. It really is. And you know, miss we got more kicks missed now than ever. We have teams going for it now more than ever. All those do affect it. They, I, I'm I'm just not a total better. People, there's a reason why it's set at minus one ten. It's a coin flip. Even the casino only makes their money on volume, not on edge. All right. Now but that we've now, now, now that we've told everyone and talked some sense into them, bet the over, everyone. Yeah, yeah, forty-two, well, 42 yeah. fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I give away I give away a lot of advice. People people pay <laughs> money for. <laughs> that's that's what it is. You know, I don't trust totals at all. This next one, Matt, if I have a must watch, which I don't think we've had yet, I think this is the one for me. It's the Panthers going to Dallas. Really, really exciting. There was a move that the other day. Panthers are three and oh. Um, they lost a pretty big piece in the secondary. JC Horn went down with a foot, he went on injured reserve. But to give you an idea of the Panthers and what they think about their prospects for this year, they immediately went and brought in CJ Henderson, which is not JC Horn, but I do like to see teams that think they're competing fill that piece and look to move forward. Um, Henderson was a first round pick. Again, that you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but someone at one point thought he's going to be really good. Let's get into the game. Carolina is an underdog by four to Dallas on the road. Right off the bat, that tells me I kind of usually like the underdogs in this spot. The reason why, Matt, the Carolina defense is best in the business. Really, I do conditional formatting with for ranking purposes. They're just best across the board. Points, plays, yards, yards per drive, time possession, rush DVOA, adjusted line yards. I mean, it's blocking. It's the pass defense at minus 49% pass DVOA, completions per game, yards per game, yards per attempt. I mean, adjusted sack rate, leading the league in sacks. Carolina doing it all. Hey, it's it's funny you say that because this game actually has my one of my favorite plays of the entire weekend. What are your favorite plays of the weekend? Hold on. Keep everyone in suspense here because you're about to get it. I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit meh on this one. There's tons of pieces. People are going to be going after Dallas. This total map, by the way, 51 and a half, which I know becomes a target of many DFS players. The thinking being they know moths to the flame of 54 Chiefs and Eagles. Sharp players go for the second or the third total hoping for lower ownership. Man, I, I, it's very hard to shut down the Cowboys, right? I don't think anyone is looking for that, but if there's a defense to do it, could be this week. Dallas is very expensive to own, as always, and I guess with good reason. So this one is like immovable force, unstoppable object here. I tend to lean with the defenses. I don't know, Matt, where are you on this one? Like I said, this one is going to get a ton of attention, and I don't really have... Gosh, I really just don't have the, the players here. The only person I was really looking at is DJ Moore. So talk to me about Moore, who I see as a potential stud. And then talk to me about Chuba Hubbard, who's getting a ton of attention. I don't know if he's the bell cow that we thought he would be, that I said he could be coming into the season. So Carolina and Dallas, right now, I just kind of have Carolina getting the four points. This feels like a three-point game to me. 
Uh, Hubbard at 5,900 is not a smash play. Anyone thinks he is. That's a little expensive for me for a role that we're not actually sure about. In season long, picking him up was a no-brainer. But again, we're not sure. Let's see what they have in mind. I don't think they're going to lean on him like they did CMC. Royce Freeman's not dead. Um, McCaffrey and Pollard are probably going to have a difficult time. Some, or I'm sorry, Elliott and Pollard are probably going to have a difficult time. Um, Panthers have looked good, albeit two of those games being against the Texans and Jets. Can't hold it against Carolina. It's just you can you can raise your eyebrow and be like, all right, yeah. let's see how they do here. Um, but uh, Sam Darnold has also carved up a couple of teams that were very, very, very bad. Uh, DJ Moore, I'll never bet against. Um, you know, he's the man. He's obviously got <laughs> Sam Darnold's eye. Uh, Robbie Anderson maybe gets involved at some point here. I know people are on Terrence Marshall for four thousand. My only play I'm interested in, again, one of my favorite plays of the weekend is for $2,600, the Dallas Cowboys defense, who, believe it or not, what lead the <laughs> league in, uh, in takeaways. Lead the league in takeaways. Uh, them along with... That's right, 2.7 turnovers per game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that uh, them along with Trevon Diggs, who's just been amazing, they're a fast group, very yeah. physical. They get around the field. And again, it's fantasy people. We're not, we don't need them to pitch a shutout. Um, right. DJ Moore is going to carve them up a bit. You know, you can't stop him. But Sam Darnold, I don't know if I fully believe in this complete turnaround yet. I don't think he's going to turn around and be a bust at all, but I think he may may have uh, gotten a little comfortable during the first three-week vacation he's had versus three very, very beatable defenses. I think Dallas could make a couple of moves here. And again, turnovers, if they if they return one to the end zone, for 2,600 of the team that leads the league in takeaways, uh, yeah, I'll take that massive discounted defense. Their, their upside is so great against a defense, again, against an offense that doesn't have Christian McCaffrey and, and refuses to look at Robbie Anderson. If they just do nothing but spy DJ Moore, all they got to do is roll in front of one. I'm not saying this is safe, but at 2,600, I don't think the Panthers are going to be putting up this massive total that everyone thinks is going to happen. I think that this is a good opportunity to go against the grain and take the Cowboys defense because uh, for as little as you're paying, they honestly do not have to do much to return value. And they could actually be a massive value if they actually get in front of a couple of these. Uh, the Panthers are not this massive juggernaut people are making them out to be. I mean, you just got to take a look at the schedule they pitched so far. So yeah, dollar versus dollar for dollar. Give me the Cowboys defense. I'm, I'm not going to go a 100% across the board because obviously this could go south, but I like it a lot. Yeah, that's actually not a that's not a crazy play. I've been scratching my chin over defense this weekend as well. I generally, I mean, I like the way you put that. I generally like to look for the best defense that's cheap. And not to say ignore the matchup, but kind of ignore the matchup. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was looking at the, maybe the Colts versus Miami at 27. I have the Lions penciled in a few places against the Bears. You know, again, Fields and those boys in Chicago just look completely inept. But I, I, I do like that play. Also, one... One thing you didn't mention that I think works into that formula is pace of play. Carolina played extremely slow pace. One of the slowest paces in the league, 29.7 seconds per play. That's bottom three. And they gain yards per drive, 33 yards per drive, almost three minutes per drive. And they have a pretty high drive success rate. So those things, Matt, all kind of lend itself into 
low lower scoring, right? It's it's you don't it, you put it perfectly. You don't need to pitch a shutout. You don't need to completely shut them down. Football has a clock, so even if the Panthers are successful driving the ball, it takes them a really long time. I, I don't think I'm down with this over and stuff. I don't think the pace gets us there. I think the defenses, like you said, especially in Dallas's side, are being a bit undersung. I just think I like um, more for the scenario, you know, in case. No, this I like, Hey, I can see it on it. Cause this is one thing I think people forget. You usually don't want to stack up a player versus your own defense. The way Dallas will succeed more could have a monster game. And the, and the, and the Dallas defense still have a monster game. That's correct. Correct. <laughs> right. They shut him down early, maybe force a turnover. If you get the pick six strip sack yeah. fumble or something like that. Yeah. And then right. The garbage time to more. So I'm with that. I'm with that 100%. Matt, can I get your take on the on the game? So Carolina is getting four on the road. Dallas obviously favored by four. I don't think I could go to Carolina winning outright plus 180, though I do like Carolina. Where, where do you think? Do you think Dallas to win, Dallas to cover the four? Where's your look on the betting board? Um, I like Dallas to win. I wouldn't bet this game, though. Okay, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because I, I I think it'll be close. Uh, so I think that again, Vegas knows what they're doing. I think four is a great line, and uh, one I'm not willing to touch. Yeah, well, awesome job. And again, Matt, you you're always so good, and I think it's part of why people gravitate to you in your work because you're so very you're very honest. And a lot of people feel pushed against a corner that you have to make a pick, you have to make a bet. And people, no bet is better than a bad bet. This one, too. That line just feels a little too sharp. If I had to take something, it's probably Carolina for the win. I just think they're a quality football team. They play on all sides of the ball. All right. Next up, we got the Giants going to Nowlands. The Giants, <laughs> this one, too, man. Sometimes these lines, make they make me laugh. You know, I, I'm a professional handicapper, so these things make me laugh. The Giants are only, and I say only, they're only seven-point underdogs against the Saints that are minus 340. So people, if you like the Saints and you're doing the math, you have to cover this one up. So this is not about whether or not we think the Saints can win, Matt. The Saints are at minus 340. That's completely unpalatable. So this one, our betting answer is if we think the Giants can keep it within seven or if we think the Saints won't. Saints D's really been the story, man. They've been very good. One of the league leaders in points, yards per game and yards per play. They're anchoring that with the rush D and the defensive line has played very well, but they have not allowed run at all. The past game a bit here or there, allowing 25 completions per game. That's not great. The Giants D, speaking of not great, isn't. I'm really more interested in probably in your take on the offense in New Orleans, right? We saw this kind of super efficient output week one versus Green Bay, but Green Bay since has recouped. That looks like a throwaway game. Now, since then, New Orleans has not looked good, man. Winston has put up like 240 combined passing yards in two games, but it was Carolina and New England good defenses. So the obvious question here, Matt, is do you think the New Orleans Saints pass game wakes up? They have not been good. Only 21 attempts per game, only 13 completions per game, 113 yards per game. Those are worst, if not near the bottom, and they've allowed way too many sacks. The Giants don't get to the quarterback. A lot of like, a lot of kind of mishmash matchups here. What do you think this goes on? Do you think the Saints are inept on offense? Um, I think they're inept through the air. Um, right. I think I think that if it wasn't for the touchdowns in week one, uh, James Winston <laughs> 
<laughs> probably would have been released by now. I don't know if I don't know what the Saints are doing. It's time to move on. Uh, I think it's I think it tastes wow, I think it's, really? I think it's That's old, man. Oh, it's after this game, Taysom Hill time. Maybe during this game. Uh, the only person I'd be interested in in the passing game is maybe Deontay Harris because I think that Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury shut down Marquez Callaway. If you're looking for a cheapie, um, possibly in this one that you you can get really 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 cheap. Um, I would look Deontay Harris's way for 3,500. I think that that's not bad for a GPP, but overall uh, it's the Alvin Kamara show. Uh, I think this is the, uh, you know, everyone's kind of called him a disappointment so far because of, you know, I guess the Panthers shut him down a week too. Um, and overall it's just, they're not scoring much, but I expect them to march up and down the field on the giants defense. I think that uh, Kamara is too talented and he's been seeing that. I think he's the target leader on the team as well. So if you're going to lead the team in rushing and tar and targets, I think that uh, that'll be fine at 8,400. I think that um, he won't be as owned as maybe he typically would be because of, of the kind of year he's having. So I think Alvin Kamara at 8,400 love to fit him in there with some of the cheaper options we've already been talking about. You could fit him in uh, the giants. I don't like, I mean, I think Daniel Jones is a bad pick here. They're going against the saints who have had the third, Third toughest uh, pass defense, pretty much for fantasy against pass uh, throwers. Kenny Galladay has been much uh, has been doing a whole lot, even though he's been getting a, a decent amount of targets. Second on the team, which may surprise people. Some people think yeah. he's a ghost, and he's been getting the targets. Sterling Shepard leading the way, but I think with uh, Marshawn Lattimore around, I wouldn't really go with the top there either. I think that again, if you wanted to, if you wanted to invest in this game, maybe Colin Johnson. Uh, I like I like a little bit. Uh, he's he's someone that I think may may return some value, and he'll come in at the rock bottom price of thirty two hundred. Which again, we're talking about like the times four. He got uh, last game versus Atlanta five catches on seven targets. If he sees seven targets, um, and he's coming in at a, at a uh, thirty two hundred in a game where they're probably going to be behind. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. So I think Colin Johnson's a very sneaky guy. Some people will be looking for uh, Kadarius Tony uh, as well. But again, um, I think if you're looking for the guy, I think Colin Johnson would be the one. But the only person I'm really that interested in is Alvin Kamara. I, I've seen some people pointing to Evan Ingram, but no, uh, <laughs> I don't care what he does this week. He can score six touchdowns. He's he's dead to me. No, thank okay, you. Well, that was I was going to ask. I was going to ask that. I'm also was trying to monitor the injury stuff here. Shepard did not practice. Neither did Slayton. There was no word on this weekend, but, you know, usually if you're missing Thursday and missing Friday, looks like you're leaning towards a DNP. To me, the Giants, the Giants are pretty easy to fade here outright. I really like the Johnson call, Matt. That's how you win GPPs. Like, legit, that's how you win GPPs. You get production and value from somebody that no one's ever heard of. Let me shoot it back to you real quick just for the betting aspect. So, man, it's it's hard to look for a run-heavy team to cover. But again, it's only seven points. So it doesn't mean the Saints can't win this one, I don't know, 21 to 10 in a kind of an ugly, right, an ugly one, 24-13 in an uggo kind of dogfight. Do you think the Saints cover the seven? Because there's no way we can lay minus 340. Uh, no, I don't think they do. I, I think this will be an ugly game. I think I think Barkley um, had ha looked better last game. I think the Giants' yeah. defense could certainly make Jameis Winston pay. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think this is this will be, I think this will be a close game. I honestly wouldn't completely count out the Giants of winning this one. 
wow, that's that's a bold move. I'm going to hope that's the case because that is going to help out a ton of survivor leagues. I mean, I can see Kamara going for 180 yards in this game as well. Yeah, well, he's my guy. Kamara <laughs> is a certainty. Let me ask you real quick. Henry or Kamara, if you only get to choose one, 8,800 to 8,400, pretty similar. I mean, Kamara, because really? of... Be, no, 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 no. I mean, caveat. For if we're including ownership percentages, uh, if you're going in cash games, it's Derrick Henry in GPP. Uh, give me the edge to Camaro because I think there'll be such a disparity between ownership percentages that I'll take Camaro, but I'll, I definitely like Henry's spot more. But what did I say? 20 rushes for 400 yards. Yeah. Well, do you think um, I, this is actually probably a legit question on, on Camaro. And I guess my question for you is you're, we're assuming the targets return. And the thing I'm getting at is this. I think I heard Kamara only had 20 rushes. Gosh, man, I think it was two or three times in his career. Mm-hmm. And now he's had two of three, 20 carries week one, 24 carries week three. Do you think it's possible that they're turning him into a more traditional back that only gets three or four catches a game? In which case, apples to apples, it's got to be Henry no matter what. It could. Um, I mean, they've they're, they've been off to a rough start. You know, Peyton's going to come with a different game plan. I mean, even off to this horrible start, he's given you 18.1 and 20.8 fantasy points. It's not like he's been awful, <laughs> you know, and that's on those limited carries and targets. I think he gets heavily used in this one, especially since he matches up well compared to the passing game. I don't think they're going to be trusting Winston to kind of come out of his hole. It's, uh, last week, they were still hoping he would. I think they've learned better. Um, yeah, but Henry for sure has the better script. He has the guaranteed playing time. He has the upside of seeing those targets we haven't seen before. So yeah, there's everything going that way. And pretty much the defense he's facing again, even if they key in on him, there's not much they can do, but uh, Camara, Camara's upsides higher. Always will be. 11 catches, you know, right. Yeah. No, no. I'm just saying like we know uh, Henry's floor is higher than everyone's probably always will be a uh, Camara's ceiling um, was only second to Christian McCaffrey uh, with him gone. I would think he has the highest ceiling on the slate. Yeah. Well, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have to see those receptions return. I know a lot of people are waiting with bated breath to see a six in that column or a well, seven. Yeah, those, those questions are the reason I like Kamara so much is I think everyone will have those questions, which will drag down yeah. his, uh, his ownership percentage, but yeah, De- <laughs> Derek Henry, easy, easy play. But again, that's, that's a winning line of thinking that you're putting forward, Matt. So that's why I appreciate that. Okay. Next, the Cleveland Browns are going to Minnesota. Oh, this one again, I'm already like, I'm already scratching my head. These are two of the tougher teams for me to cap. Uh, Cleveland off at two and one, you know, they, they beat up the bears last week. who didn't look good. And in fact, the bears were running with them pretty early. This one probably is going to be determined on the ground. Cleveland with the best run game in the league, 42% rush DVOA, leading the league in adjusted line yards, rush attempts, rush yards per game, and rush TDs. The Viking rush D is really not great. 4.66 adjusted line yards allowed, 4.8 rushing yards per attempt by the running back. That's in the bottom five. So I think, you know, you got to be looking at Cleveland to try and establish that game on the ground. Beckham is back. He looks sharp. He talked about maybe some, a little bit of um, getting tired. So I think that'll kind of be in the rear view. I love Beckham this week, along with Chubb, I think the Browns kind of get this done. It's because the Viking run game that they pretty much need to establish 
in order to win. The Browns run D has been fantastic. Top three, basically across the board. Rush DVOA, adjusted line yards, only 67 rush yards per game, 3.1 running back yards per attempt. And then the Cleveland Brown pass D has also been pretty good, only 182 yards per game, 17 completions per game. And they've had 12 sacks as a defense. So I think just the matrix here kind of lends itself to the Browns. They're only favored by two, which I really love because this one feels close. But I think the Browns get this one by the field goal. Again, doing the math, the money line, Matt, is at minus 130. You get two points at minus 110. That's $10 a point. You take $10 points. We don't take $30 points. We take $10 points. Oh, I'm sorry. These are reversed because we're favored. You know, you you take the money line here. I'm sorry, people. You take the minus 130 because it's not worth it in reverse. Again, there's always a lot of thinking going on here. So, Matt, give me the Browns to win this one because I think it's established on the ground. Do you think I missed anything with the Vikings here? I know I kind of skipped over the pass offense, but for me, the Viking pass offense has to be predicated with success on the ground that I don't know if they'll get this week. Yeah, this is a C- Cleveland uh, very stingy run defense. Dalvin Cook was injured last week. He's going to be healthy. He's completely working at practice, except Alexander Madison looked so good last week. There's yeah. no reason to believe that they're going to throw Dalvin Cook completely back into the fire. They'll probably ease him in slightly. I'm not saying to um, sit him or anything in season long, but I think that Madison will get a bigger piece of the pie than maybe we're used to. It may be an ease back game. Um, right. I think Jefferson and Thielen – and even Osborne are, are good options. Uh, in season long, you start them, except in DFS. I just, I hate starting these, these, I, 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 I never play the Tampa Bay guys because of this. It could be anybody. Right. Um, and if the price isn't going to dictate that, which it kind of does 7,300 and 6,800 for Jefferson and Thielen, they kind of um, lowered each other's prices to a degree. I think that there's no way that uh, I'm going to be touching them really in this one. Like you said, uh, we don't know if they'll be able to establish the run that may make things ugly for Kirk cousins. It's just an ugly game for the, the, for the Vikings. I could see them easily scoring a ton in this one, but as far as coin flipping, I, I want to take, I'm taking Minnesota kind of off my board just because I like other situations more, um, especially with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. for only 5,800. I know you said you liked him. He's like one, again, he will be plugged into almost all of my lineups. I think I have him in Matt. I was fighting him out of lineups because every single lineup at that price, I was forcing him in. Oh, he's he's definitely in mine at 5,800. I mean, I wouldn't stack him with Baker because I think I think Chubb is this is a Chubb game too. I think there's gonna be maybe not enough scoring to maybe do a Brown stack, but I think as an individual play, Beckham is great. He didn't play in the first two games, and yet he is only one point three percent away from having the target share lead on the team right. for the season. <laughs> Uh, again, they don't throw much because you're used to seeing the target share leader like, you know, on a high end guy, like 30, 30% or 25%. But yep. the target share leader is Hooper at 14.1 tied with Hunt. Um, and then Beckham's at 12.8 for the season. Um, you know, that's after one game. That's how much they threw to Beckham a week with his first week back. And like you said, he came out with a little, you know, a little tired. I think he gets over that. So yes, look for Baker Mayfield after they established the run against Minnesota uh, to take some deep shots. Another reason you like Odell Beckham is he could do some serious, like 150 yard damage on only a few catches. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 5,800. Don't overthink it. Throw him in there for sure. And that's, 
that's all I really like here. I think Austin Hooper isn't a bad option either. Again, he is the target share leader. Um, you know, they're not going to force it to Odo Beckham every single play for 3,700. I think that he is a fine option versus Minnesota. Again, they're going to establish the run. They're going to need to look somewhere else. I think, I think Hooper can, can certainly um, return value here. Every only, you know, three targets, five targets, three targets, again, target share, doesn't mean anything. You want to look at total targets, <laughs> uh, but I think with Beckham there, it'll open up things a little bit uh, for Baker to be able to do things. So I, I think Hooper's okay. He will need to find the end zone for upside. I think for cash games, he's okay. In uh, GPP, you want to look for something with a little more uh, pizzazz. But uh, yeah, any uh, um, to cut things short, Odell Beckham Jr. Put him in your lap. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I am. I I totally echo the sentiment about the Vikings. The, the situations I like those teams, like you mentioned Tampa Bay, which again, I'm in line with you, is when I think they're going to explode and then I'll stack the whole team. I'm not interested in trying to single out the success in, in a tough matchup, especially. So this one, I got the Browns to, to win this one. Yeah, I just think they're going to dominate up front and make it difficult for the Vikings to move the ball. All right, next, this one is probably the ugliest one on the slate. It's the Washington football team going to the dirty, dirty to face the Falcons. I mean, someone has to win, right? I guess, well, I guess it could be a tie. (laughs) This could be a zero, zero tie. I have a hard time getting behind either one of these teams, you know, Washington coming in. I I generally like a team like Washington, Matt, because as a better, they carry a bad team narrative. And my assumption was they were going to be very good on defense. That usually keeps teams close and I get my points and I walk away a winner, but 30.7 30.7 points per game, 432 yards per game allowed by the Washington defense. That's bottom three. 43 yards per drive, that's last. Three minutes and 32 seconds per drive, that's bottom three. They have not been good on either side of the ball, allowing over 300 yards per game through the air and 125 rush yards. Not what we expected. So that's the stoppable force going up against the movable object. That's the Atlanta offense just terrible, 23 yards per drive, worst drive success rate in the league, minus 52% rush DVOA, minus 35% pass DVOA. For those of you keeping score, those are all really bad. Something's got to give in this one, Matt. I'm avoiding it because, again, I don't, you know, we don't have to be involved with any games. We don't want to. My disappointment here has been probably obvious. Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley really haven't done much. Ridley's been okay. Not what we thought with those superstar one numbers. Are you avoiding this one? Is there anything of you want to sink your teeth into anything here? Are you talking about betting or DFS? Just anything at all. I don't want anything. Yes. Washington, Washington is, is favored by two points. I think Atlanta might win. This is my dollar general favorite cheap stack of the game. <laughs> this is the stack you put in so you can load up on superstars everywhere else. Okay, go. I think this could be a low-key shootout. Washington's defense is not as good as people give it credit for this year. And Atlanta obviously sucks. Uh, Taylor Heineke at 5,900. Stack him up with Terry McLaurin at 6,900. And Logan Thomas at 4,900. Okay. I think that Antonio Gibson will be very involved in this game and have a very nice one. But I think that Atlanta could bounce back against a, a defense that's not as good in Washington. They're in a home game. Calvin Ridley could be coming back. Kyle Pitts could be coming back. Matt Ryan's been atrocious. He could be coming back. I don't feel like investing in them, though, because they, you know, Arthur Smith has confused me. But I could see it. I think this would be higher scoring. 
And I think that uh, Washington and Taylor Heineke, I, I, said, I think I said this last week. So I'm looking for him to have a slightly rough game against the Bills and still show um, some quality you know, quarterbacking so I can come back the next week with his discount pricing and bet on it. And I am and put my money where my mouth is okay. Taylor. Yeah. Taylor Heineke, Taylor, Taylor, uh, Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas for the bargain basement stack of the week. And then put him in there with the rest of the high end guys we're talking about, you know, may, maybe you throw in Henry and Camara, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, if we can, I could try to put that together and see if that's even fucking possible. Uh, but uh, yes, I, I like that as a sneaky, play in GPP where I think that um, I think Washington could be putting up some points in this one. Like, you know, maybe they're maybe one of their best offensive outputs of the season. Yeah. Well, I think those are definitely two guys that you want to be focusing on. You know, they're leading the team in basically everything receiving and they're coming off cheap. I certainly had Logan Thomas circled. I hadn't really thought about McLaurin and I got to be honest, Matt, he's he's the world's safest player. He probably check. He checks a lot of, he really checks a lot of boxes. Um, you know, I like to buy low, kind of like you said. You know, people look at last week's score, four for 62. He actually went four for 62 on the nose at Chargers and then uh, versus Chargers and then at Buffalo. Those are two good defenses. So if that's the floor against a really good defense, we saw him play really well against the Giants. Atlanta defense is not – they're really not very good. One of the worst pass DVOAs. You know, they, they're allowing a ton through the air, almost three touchdowns per game. So yeah, I actually really, I actually really like that. So does that mean that you like Washington to win and, and cover this up? It's only a point. It's only a point and a half. So do you think uh, you, have, you have Washington winning? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't bet this in a billion years. Um, no, no, I, 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 I think this, will, I think this will be close. I for I do think that uh, I do think Atlanta gets their stuff together. I can, I don't want to bet on it, but I, I, I get the feeling that, you know, they, they can't keep Ridley and Pitts down. He was even vocal. The coach was even vocal about trying to get him more involved. So I think that they do make something happen in this one. You know what? Never mind. Antonio Gibson is very totals solid. like right in the middle. Yeah, I like, never mind. I do. I like Washington. I do. I like Washington in this one. I, it wouldn't surprise me if anything happened, uh, which is why I really wouldn't touch this game with like a 10 foot pole, but yeah. Me, yeah. Me neither. I just, I have a hard time getting behind this one. The lines are all so close. Again, I just I like defense. I like to I like defense because I that's where I feel like my money is won at the end of games getting the big stop that we need. Okay, next one should, another one should be really good going out to the NFC West. Seattle Seahawks are three point underdogs in San Francisco. Man, Seattle really up and down. They kind of came out, you know, they came out flying. They looked great against Indianapolis. They dropped the heartbreaker to the Titans, and then. Man, they really got pushed around by the Vikings. 30-17. I don't know if you saw this one, man. Seattle had those, those 17 points early, and they looked like they were humming. And Minnesota just kind of put the foot down and really stopped all production. These two teams are a little tough to get a hold on. And the 49ers with all the injuries. The only guy I think I really like in this one is probably Debo Samuel, who, again, I think we're waiting for that really big game I think is coming. And, you know, he's he's a clear favorite there. You know, he the, has the lead in air yards and target percentage, air percentage. The A dot is a little bit low, but we know Samuel can kind of stretch plays. Other side, Seattle, I, I have a hard time with it because Lockett had the two big games. I was off it, was fortunate enough. You and I were on the big DK Metcalf, although if he's going to do that for me, Matt, I can call him DJ Metcalf as much as I like. This one I'm not 
I'm just not really sure. I don't know where the ball's going to go for Seattle. The San Francisco D, you know, hasn't been bad. Minus um, stats in rush and pass, DVOA, minus four adjusted line yards. That's really good. Only six and a half pass yards per attempt. So we could see San Francisco maybe playing up against the Seattle offense that we have seen sputter. So this one, for me, it's probably Debo. And then other than that, I think I'm leaving it alone. You have your eye on anything in this one, Seattle and San Fran? Um, no, really. I actually don't like this game much from a DFS standpoint. Uh, one guy I like a bit is George Kittle. Uh, I think maybe they learned their lesson at the end of the Green Bay game. Like, hey, by the way, this guy should be involved more. I think for 5,900 uh, against Seattle on a home game, uh, that's not bad for, for a guy like Kittle. So I think that's okay. I don't mind Debo at 65. Uh, but I think I would think I'd rather if I'm getting a pass catcher, I'd rather take the $600 discount and get George Kittle. Uh, but overall, I'm probably not touching this one at all. Yeah, it's a little it's a little hairy. How about how about the betting board? Seattle is a three point dog to me. That just kind of feels right. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it, I, I think that. I, I mean, I, it, a lot might have to do with if Elijah Mitchell can play, whether San Francisco is going to be going to be able to run the ball, which is actually a big reason I like George Kittle. Is uh, I'm thinking if they can't get back to the way they want to run the ball, they may have to go over the middle a little more, which could uh, lead to a little bit of George Kittle action. But yeah, I think the line is fine. I wouldn't touch it. Uh, this should be an interesting game to watch. Actually, this will the the ones that I can't. Uh, you would think you'd want to watch the ones you are betting on because you have something invested, but this one, I'm not sure how it's going to roll. I could, I could see Seattle um, stomping San Francisco. Like I believe green Bay should have stomped San Francisco last week. Some things didn't go their way, yeah. but I think for anyone who watched the game, green Bay was in control the, in the, in the entire time. And I could see Seattle being uh, something very similar, but Seattle doesn't have like a Jair Alexander. So we could see Debo um, maybe get, you know, some, some plays in Ayuk. He woke up last week. He's 5,000. If you wanted to take a shot on him, you could. I don't know um, if that'll be worth it to you, but again, for that price and his upside, we saw him come alive. I wouldn't touch it because, again, we there's not enough there for me to to uh, really hang my hat on. Uh, but yeah, this this game is completely up in the air, so I wouldn't bet it. Yeah, my my worry again for the Seahawks is the past he just hasn't been good. Worst pass DVOA in the league, ten yards allowed per attempt, thirteen and a half per completion. Those are near the bottom of the board. So the thing is. If Seattle gets San Fran in a compromising position, they San Fran does a very good job at executing high percentage pass plays, particularly the people that you mentioned in George Kittle, and then lesser so to me, Debo Samuel. So I just think in crunch time, Seattle's going to hard time, is going to struggle to stop San Fran. I think San Fran gets it done at home, but I'm, I'm not putting any money on this one. And again, any DFS is really just spotty here or there. All right, next one is the next must-watch game. It's the must-watch at the 4 o'clock slate. My Arizona Cardinals going to meet the L.A. Rams. Matt, these are the only two teams I have placed bets on for the Super Bowl after the season started, probably with good reason. They both play pretty well on both sides of the ball. We know the offenses are really explosive. Arizona... I mean, listen, they fell behind Jacksonville with that crazy special teams play, but then put their foot on the gas and showed us what we thought they would. I've been focused on the defensive line. The Arizona defensive line has been very good. Minus 25% rush DVOA, 4.3 adjusted line yards. But Rams offense, best in the league at 5.1 adjusted line yards. This one is, you know, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. 
man, I am really interested in watching this one. This one also just becomes really kind of tough to put your finger on because you could see it going the way Vegas has it, Matt. This is the highest total on the board, 55 points. Arizona is a four and a half point underdog. I don't know if they win this one outright. I think the Rams are the best team in football, but I don't know if I like anybody to beat the Cardinals by more than a field goal. Again, they just feel like a backdoor cover kind of team. Kyler Murray is unbelievable. They're leading the league in points and yards per game, top five in pass yards per game, pass yards per attempt, doing a lot of things really well. But again, it's hard to go against the Rams and that defense. Matt, what do you think on this one? Uh, From DFS standpoint, I hate this game. I actually do. Uh, I don't think this is going to be high scoring. I think that the Rams are going to handle Arizona. And I think one team is significantly better than the other. So far, Kyler Murray has looked awesome. I have him everywhere. I hope he has a solid game. Never sit him in season long, obviously. But in this one, he's going to have his hands full against the Rams. Um, I can't really – I don't really want to put him out there, though, because I think it'll be low scoring than people think. Uh, Therefore, and and he's impossible to stack because, uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, I hate – having to invest in an offense where the ball can go anywhere. Uh, it, it really juggles from person to person. Hopkins has an edge over AJ green for second on the team in, um, in targets who comes in at 4,500 AJ green. Actually, if I was going to bet anything for a GPP, he's not terrible at 4,500 who's he's seeing a ton of targets, yep. but then Rondell Moore complete flip coin flip. You know, he's, he's a, he's yeah. a, the man or a ghost. Christian Kirk seems to be very, um, solid. He, I think, you know, now the two, two boom weeks out of three. And I think that he is definitely someone who could be uh, involved. Max Williams though, is starting to get involved. There's just too many people. And then I can't go with Chase Edmonds because he's not going to be used at the goal line. James Connor has been used at the goal line. They're not giving you a big enough discount on either guy. Uh, Cooper cup is 7,800, which you'd think at this point is a, you know, is, is a perfectly fine stack with him and Stafford and maybe Higby. I think would be something if you wanted to go, that would be an okay thing to go with. I would think defenses eventually catch up to that uh, and, and and start putting an extra body on cup. It may not work because he's very talented, but um, there's, this is going to be a great game to watch. And I think as far as fantasy purposes, I will probably be just looking elsewhere because it's, there's so many ways this could go. And I don't really feel good about a particular avenue where I think I'd rather just let everyone kind of fight over it. I'm more comfortable in other areas. So it's not that I'm fading anyone. It's just that uh, there's just so much noise in the possible game script here. Yeah. I, you know, you mentioned one name that I got to put a spotlight on a big L for me. I took a tremendous loss. I was saying AJ green was dust, but we are getting towards a quarter way through the season. AJ green has, more receiving yards than DeAndre Hopkins. He has more air yards than DeAndre Hopkins. He has a higher A dot than DeAndre Hopkins. He has a higher air percentage and the same exact amount of targets as DeAndre Hopkins. And again, watching the games, it's legit, Matt. AJ Green is a part of the offense. They ran multiple set plays for him at the five-yard line. AJ Green makes sense. He's going to be in the right place. He's reliable. He's got good hands. And he's not commanding a ton of attention, right, with Murray and Hopkins. You can't really pay attention to A.J. Green. And that kind of and that kind of makes sense. I just uh, I just I just shared you my screen of a uh, I can announce it to the audience. I, I shared a screen. I wanted to build a lineup where I, I can throw in that Washington stack from earlier. Heineke, 
uh, McLaren and Logan Thomas. This is and, not a bad team. And start Derek Henry and Kamara at the same time. So I built that up. Um, you know, people don't like you giving out lineups, whatever. If everyone wants to march this into their million maker, go ahead. You can split the profits. Uh, so I want Heineke, McLaren, and Thomas. And then I threw in Henry and Kamara, both. I put in Odell Beckham Jr. as my yes. other, as one of my my second favorite play of the week. I put in the Dallas defense as my favorite play of the week. And I feel, again, there wasn't a lot of money left. I had 7,000 between two spots. I ended up putting in uh, Westbrook uh, on Tennessee and Colin Johnson on New York. I'd mentioned how much I like their possibilities of being a, a big uh you know, as long as Julio is out in Westbrook, otherwise we'd have to slide him in for someone else. But uh, that's uh, you actually got like four hundred bucks left with that as well. If you wanted to make some changes, but uh, you got you got my lo- my low key favorite stack of the week: Kamara, Henry, and Odell Beckham Jr. Not too bad. <laughs> yes, you got it. You got him. We got him all. <laughs> we got him all in. Uh, my, I think my question here that I hear a lot of is people are waiting for the cup letdown. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're if you're watching these guys. He's just, he's like the, he's the offense. You know, they seem to be connected at the hip. He does what Stafford wants to do, which is get early separation. He finds the marker. He always catches the ball. Man, it's hard to get away from Cup. I don't, I don't feel like the price is really caught up to him just yet. Matt, right? Cooper Cup at 7,800. Yeah, he's the third most expensive wider on the board, but he's averaging 32 points a game. I mean, that would generally get you up into the 8,000s, at least make you the most expensive guy. So just the last thing before we move on, the, can can I play cup just with confidence? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to. The only, the only thing, I mean, especially in cash, the only thing in GPP is that everyone's going to literally. Well, the Arizona pasty has been really good. They do get pressure up front, you know, with Watt and Chandler Jones. So I think that, but that, you know, then Murray's on the move. You get all these. I don't know. And let's say I said I don't like. I think this is a great game. I think it, I think it stands to possibly be much lower scoring than people are hoping for for DFS purposes. I just think there's better options for me for dollar for dollar ownership percentage everything considered i'd rather just write this one off if you want to make a stand on an arizona receiver you can stand out i think people will be definitely be on deandre hopkins and kirk um hopkins like always kirk because of last week i think more and green could find the end zone they'll pay they'll pay you off um robert woods no one's going to be on (laughs) because for obvious reasons i mean you you can you can be contrarian in this game but i think it'll be low enough scoring um, again, that may sound crazy to people who think this is going to be a monster blowout uh, the Rams defense is very solid. Arizona's, I think is going to step up a little bit here in a big game, you know, because I think both of them realize what a big thing game this is, but, um, yeah, overall, I mean, if, if cup explodes, good for you. I mean, you're now competing with, you know, probably half of your tournament still, uh, yeah. to, to, to get ahead. So, um, yeah, as far as how expensive he is, eh, you know, I'd rather pay up for, I'd rather, I'd rather pay up for one of those stud running backs we were talking about than Cooper cup and then go yeah. with another cheaper wide receiver. If you're spending money, I think there's smarter ways to do it this week. Yeah. Also, I think just in the context of the top of the wide receiver pool, I think I prefer Hill. I think I prefer Adams. I, I I'd rather have cup over Hopkins. I think Hopkins gets that's a oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'd rather avoid the Rams. Yeah. And also like, Diggs. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have digs for sure. Yeah, me too. So I think this is the week that you could just get away from him again. He's going to draw so much attention and he needs the ceiling to kind of do it. All right. Next up, man, this one, I don't think anybody would have predicted this one. I was dropping this in the work chat. We've got the Ravens are going to Denver 
And Matt, as of like 24 hours ago, Denver was Denver is no longer the favorite. It's moved to plus one. But if you're home at plus one, it's based. This one's a pick them. So the Ravens and the Broncos are a pick them right now. Nobody, absolutely nobody would have seen that coming in week four. I think if you would have asked people, even the sharpest minds, they would have told you Baltimore is going to be favored by at least five over Denver. And, man, it's probably good reason. The Denver D has been excellent, man, league leader, like, across the board. So, you know, top three, nine points per game. No, 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 no. I won't won't even let you get this out. This is even worse than the Panthers. They they don't even have one. They literally, they have, I I believe their opponents are 0-9. Giants, Jacksonville, and the Jets. (laughs) I'm sorry, 0-10. These are (laughs) professionals. These are pro- these are professional football teams, Matthew. These are professional football teams. Although you would be right, but Denver really has played well, and it's not just defense. No, they the are offense, they are they are good. Yeah, the offense saying. has played well also. And the, here's here's the thing: the thing they've done very well is they have executed a vanilla offense better than anybody maybe in the league. So check this out: Denver is the slowest moving team in the league. And they use that to their advantage. Again, knowing the defense is good enough, right? I was I was kind of being a bit facetious, but knowing the defense is good enough, check it out. Denver Broncos, 32.2 seconds per play. That's last. 46.1 yards per drive. That's first. Three and a half minutes per drive. That's also first. So here we have the slowest moving team. That's also the most efficient on a drive-by-drive basis. Tops in rushing attempts per game, uh, top two at 32 attempts for 127 yards. The PSD has just been okay. Something I, I hear you talk about with Tennessee generally, Matt, Denver's very good with the play action. I doubted the running backs coming in, and not to say I'm in love with them because I thought Gordon was kind of dust. He's been good enough. I love me some Javante Williams, although we haven't seen that breakout game. I kind of thought it might be coming today, uh, this, this weekend. I mean, if Baltimore gets ahead and Denver kind of has to shift on offense. Ravens side, man, this one's really tough. It's Lamar or bust, it feels like. Hollywood Brown just broke the hearts of so many people. I think they'll go back to him to kind of get that confidence back. If anybody's unfamiliar with what I mean, he stone-handed Matt three sure touchdowns. I don't remember seeing a yip like that in a very long time. Baltimore is favored by just a point. Feels kind of fair for me. And I wish it was three and a half. I'd be going with Denver. So I think I'm off this one for DFS. There's not much I like. I've toyed around with the idea of Javonta Williams. Talked this about Ravens and Broncos. Feels like it could be a slop fest. Uh, Vegas has it at 45 points, which is right in the middle, which me means uncertainty. Um, I'm with you on, I can't, I'm not a tunnel. I like a DFS purposes uh, for, for the running backs. I can't go with anyone yet because they, they haven't given me a reason to think it's anything other than a split. You don't know who it'll be from week to week. I would think Javante takes this at some point, but, it, but for now, Melvin Gordon is still firmly in there. Yeah. Um, I do like something in the, in the past game, uh, Cortland Sutton, I like last week, but he just wasn't needed. That was like basically run game for them because they yeah. got up And this one. I don't like Sutton as much because this is a little tougher matchup than he had last week. I do love Tim Patrick. I mean, everyone forget not only is Jerry Judy out. So is KJ Hamler. There's oh, only right. so many places to go now. So I think Jerry, or I think Tim Patrick and Noah Fant, um, you know, some, some nice over the middle stuff. Uh, some low to a dot, you know, wheelhouse for Teddy Bridgewater. Not saying that uh, that 
Corlin Sutton is a, a bad play, but a 5,700, uh, I think that he's he's a fine person to kind of throw in there. Not many people be on, but Tim Patrick, I think at 4,900. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to say he's chalk because he won't be chalk, but what do you call I think he'll like smart chalk. <laughs> I think that you'll see a lot of the top. I think you'll see a lot of the, a lot of top lineups. Um, like if, if he has a good game, I think you'll find a lot of top lineups had him in there. Uh, so I think Tim Patrick will be a little higher owned than your average $4,900 player. And then uh, Noah Fan, I think that uh, for forty three hundred, he is definitely uh, one of the best tight ends to to fit in this weekend. Um, actually, I don't God, I don't mind. I, I, we're talking about the dollar, uh, the 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 Dollar Tree uh, stack. Uh, I think Bridgewater, uh, Sutton, Patrick, um, Fan, you can work some kind of uh, magic yeah, together. Cheap. I think I, I think I like Patrick and Fant there to work in with uh, Bridgewater. I, I like that quite a bit as well. So. Um, yeah, I think Denver is interesting. Uh, on the other side, don't Lamar Jackson's nursing a bad back. I think he will be fine. But other than that, I know that you want to talk about someone that uh, cost very little um, that uh, a lot of people have ownership of is Rashad Bateman for 3000 Ooh, actually, we were talking about that lineup earlier where we went 35-35. We may put Bateman in there, folks, and then have an extra have an extra 800 bucks to play with with another wide receiver because Bateman's back this week and uh, Lamar's going to want someone else to throw to. You will not be alone as a lot of people will be on Bateman at 3000 for sure, but again, it's 3000. Well, I just just to note that yeah, he didn't he's not even on the injury report, so it should be all systems go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's a good pick. <clears throat> I didn't and I hadn't really thought about that. I loved the way Bateman fit into the, you know, just the way he fit into my theory about the offense, the way they were trying to execute. And again, when you get Jackson, you get broken plays. And when you get broken plays, you get a guy like Bateman, a speedster in the back that can really do damage. Yeah, and Hollywood dropped passes that week. Uh, the, oh, uh, the Broncos really, have oh. completely shut now, down. What about Mark- that narrative, Matt? Do you, do you think they have to go back to Brown? He was so bad. Don't you think they, he has to be a focus? I actually ended up with him in lineups. Just for that reason, and again, the ball, um, the the Denver pasty has actually been real. The Denver D in general has been good, but the pasty has been good. So I've kind of I've kind of waffled, but part of me said that Jackson is going to try and get Hollywood Brown's confidence back. I'm sure he will. I I don't think this it's it's one game that ain't gonna they're gonna go back to him. It ain't gonna be like a thing they're gonna avoid him. But the focus, the defensive focus, will be on Brown. Denver has shut down tight end, so Mark Andrews, even though he's very talented, could. You know they're they're gonna make it rough for him. That's why I think Bateman. I mean, out of out of just uh, you know just lack of options, if they're really defending Andrews and Marquise Brown hard first game back, I uh, Bateman has a has a positive narrative going for him. <laughs> He's very very cheap, and Lamar Jackson might have to throw to him. Uh, so I, I I like I like putting him in there. Yeah, that one works. How about the betting board? I mean, it's so even. Do you have a winner? Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think Baltimore takes this. <laughs> yeah, Baltimore's just so hobbled. They're so hobbled, but when you have Jackson back there, any any given time, you know, he can do it for you, but it real it really feels like they're trying to make him into the one man show. It's very difficult to win that way. But Bateman could open up that door. So this one too. I a lot of non-committal kind of plays here, but again, people, Matt mentioned it before. The NFL market is extremely sharp. Billions of dollars have been placed on the scales. Tens of millions of eyeballs are firmly entrenched on this board. And when you see a one-point difference, you're not alone in not being able to make a determination. So I always like to bring that one up. Matt, we get the very last one. 
We're on the five. Let's punch this one home. It's the black and yellow Steelers going up against your cheesehead Packers. The Steelers are six and a half point underdogs. And it probably feels safe to say they might be the biggest disappointment thus far. They got the big win against Buffalo week one. But man, that one feels like a bit of an anomaly with the way Buffalo has rebounded, with the way Pittsburgh has kind of gone in the tank. They lost to Las Vegas that no one expected. Vegas just went ham on them. And then the Bengals, I picked this one. That was one of my money line underdog picks, was Cincinnati, just kind of the way I saw it, the front line did their thing. Pittsburgh looks really inept running the ball. Those run stats for the Steelers are the worst in the league, minus 32% rush to VOA, but 2.67 adjusted line yards is worst in the league. 16 and a half rush attempts is worst in the league. 53 rush yards per game is worst in the league, as well as 3.2 rushing yards, uh, yards per attempt by the running back. They're going to have to do something about that. Packers rush D, Matt. Your pack D has not been good. One of the worst adjusted line yards at five. So if the Steeler rush offense was ever going to wake up, you'd have to think it would be this one. I know some people are looking again at Harris. He's just been a snap hog. I can't remember seeing somebody just dominate snaps and touches the way he has. And of course, Harris had the ridiculous amount of targets because of the injuries on the Pittsburgh side. I'm going with the Packers, man. I think the Packers of the last two weeks is closer to the team we'll see going forward. I was calling BS in that first week. Anyway, Packers are averaging like 33 points the last two weeks. I think they'd blow out the Steelers, to be honest, Matt. You you have a really good eye on the Packers because you watch them so closely. Does this one seem as simple as it does for me? Yeah, for sure. Um, not much you can do here in DFS other than an obvious pairing of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, who I think has like a 37% target share. Um, MVS is banged up. I'm not sure if he'll necessarily be in this one. If he, if he, if he's not, you can try to fire up like Alan Lazard maybe for a cheap option. Uh, but Robert Tanyan's a little hit or miss uh, to trust him ever. And Aaron Jones, uh, they're going to probably be up. So he's talented enough where it won't matter. Defensive. Um, as far as defensive matchup, but Pittsburgh's tough. They've only allowed 9.9 fantasy points per game so far. So um, I think that, yeah, that you, you, you can easily stack up green Bay here, but I, I think that uh, it's, there's probably better options for you dollar for dollar on the Pittsburgh side. You don't really want a part of anything. I don't think uh, the obvious one for a lot of people would be Najee Harris at 6,800, but I, I think they'll be down and they'll be down early, but you know, Najee Harris is used a lot in the passing game, so he'll still get his looks. So for 6,800, you'll probably get your money's worth uh, no matter what. I mean, he just sees the shares and he'll probably see his best efficiency of the year, regardless of how bad his offensive line is in this one against the green Bay defense. Um, just by pure volume, he'll probably find something, but I don't want anything to do with the passing game. Ben Roethlisberger should retire. Um, I'm, I think Deontay Johnson, there's a chance he misses this one too. Um, Juju is also banged up. And if that leaves Chase Claypool as the lone man on the field with Jair Alexander uh, wandering around, uh, Chase Claypool will be erased. So I, I, we, this is a game where I definitely am going to have to watch the injury report. Okay, hold on. I got to pay right here because these, this is all developing. This is all developing stuff. So Juju actually showed up at practice just, just now. So Juju was a limited practice and, Claypool actually was limited yesterday as well. I thought he was going to be out with that hamstring. Generally, when you see participation on Thursday, 
and a questionable tag, Matt, these guys are probably suiting up. That doesn't mean I go forward with them because I always worry. I always feel like my players are going to get hurt anyway. But, yeah, just to touch on that, I think they'll both be active. Well, I, would, I, I think I would need Deontay to be back for me to change it. Juju uh, is still banged up, and he hasn't been that effective. I mean, his, I, I want to say off the top of my head, he's maybe fourth on the team in, uh, in targets at this point. He just hasn't been involved. Um, so yeah, if it's just a banged up juju and in, in, in chase, that's still not enough for me to, to care about either one. Yeah, pretty well. That was a good call. Juju is in fact uh, fourth. Yeah, it's just not. It's really just not what we thought, you know. But he kind of turned into this really low a dot kind of possession receiver. The target percentage below seventeen percent really doesn't jive with that for me, right? If we are going to get that. We want a lot more, and my fear also is if Juju does show up, that may cap Harris on those short targets as well. So I'm off the Steelers. Give me the Packers. Give me them to cover. Yeah, you you nailed it with me. This is a Rodgers and Devontae week. Hey, by the way, if anyone wants to get sneaky, um, if MVS is out, there's no one else that Rodgers really trusts. You could see a Devontae Aaron Jones game as far as Aaron Jones lining up. Um to catch a lot of passes. To, yeah. I could totally see AJ Dillon at 4,300 being a massive steal. Not, not something you want to bank on, especially not in cash, but in GPP, um, especially if the, uh, if this turns into any kind of a blowout, I could see AJ Dillon uh, walking away with like just shy of a hundred yards with a, maybe, maybe even a, a trip to the end zone uh, in this one. So at 4,300, I think if you want to throw in someone super cheap as just something to really like put you over the top in a, in, in a massive field GPP, uh, the the game script definitely lends itself to AJ Dillon maybe getting a piece this week. Wow, that would be that's another that's G that's a GPP winner. And again, listen, if you join that three dollar you know five hundred thousand entry tournament, I truly believe that's how you win that. I I don't like I don't think you win those tournaments. You know, filling out all of your salary cap with popular players like i just i don't even bother with those unless i'm going to do something off the beaten path so that's all the games top to bottom you got betting you got DraftKings, you threw in some fantasy as well i think that'll do it for us matt you have anything that we missed no there's a lot of i mean there's not too many bad games on the slate this week yeah. if, if anyone uh, if you're working sunday take off because these are <laughs> these are some really good games this week and there's not too many uh you know stinkers as you would like to call them yeah sometimes and those are those are just awful again i've tasked myself matt with watching all these games back some of them are a chore i, I swear to god you're like you no one would think you watch football as a job and it would be tough some of these games are just borderline unwatchable man so yep this week should be good um i think that's it i got to everybody i like we dropped the money line plays that i like you know again people i like to bet on underdogs i think the lions can win outright i think you know the colts can win outright that's where probably my money will be on those guys i like the cardinals getting the points i think the seahawks maybe have a chance to win but i haven't pulled the trigger on that one and yeah i think that'll do it for me as far as betting Matt, close us out, man. Thank you. This is my favorite show to do all week. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Daily Blitz podcast for week four, the preview and review. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. My DMs are always open. If you have any start set, I'll be over Sunday morning on The Athletic. I uh, believe from like around 10 a.m. to uh, kick off answering start set questions over on the main page. Uh, you can find me on there. John, where can everyone chase you down? 
Yeah, I'm on the Twitter machine at MLB Moving Averages, but I put a space. You can put at NFL Moving Averages, John Legeza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. And I'm going to have a live lineup lock show for free streaming on Twitter. So that could make a pretty cool combination. You could jump in with Matt on the Q&A and then, and then at 11, I'll be firing up some last second stuff, you know, with news and notes, line of plays and drop and all the advanced that stats will. that we love. So thank you everybody. Appreciate no, you so, Just so much. Alright, see you everybody. <laughs> This is the bliss, licking their lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shares, ripping off red, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up for size, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz.